Now, welcome, adventurers, to the summer of Strahd. <laughs> back to Rocks Fall Everyone Dies 2021 Summer One-Shot. I'm Tommy, he, him, and normally I play Lieutenant Banked Marceau, but this summer I am DMing our playthrough of Strad Must Die Tonight. Hi, I'm Desombra, she, her pronouns, and I normally play Greg, but like this summer I'm totally playing Flo, the cleric of the Sacred Prawn, All Hail. Hi, I'm Scott, he, him. Normally I'm the DM, but this summer I'll be playing Abafel, Wicked Witch of Wherever. <laughs> Hi, I'm Juan, he, him. Normally I play Martello Limo Ramiro Ursino Agosto Dursi, but this summer I'll be playing Tristan Renfield, descendant of a long line of monster hunters. So we got the symbol of Ravenloft. This is table talk, by the way. I'm, I'm just... Yeah. No, you did not. You got the icon of Ravenloft. The icon of Ravenloft. There is a difference. Which I was just reading while you were doing that, and it also kind of feels like a cleric thing. Because it can cast Augury, Cure Wounds, and Turn Undead. And if you already have Turn Undead, it increases the Turn Undead DC by two. I think I do. Wait, let me just... You do. Oh, there's that power. So I could have just I could have just been like by zombies and they just walk yeah. out. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, I took care of it. So... Does that mean that's the holy symbol of Ravenkind? No, it does not. Okay, so that's just a whole separate thing. That is a whole separate thing. All right. So left or right? I'm quite partial to left. Always left. Always left. <laughs> <coughs> Always left. You go up to K17, which is the South Chapel access. This arched room connects a vast chamber to the east and the landing of a staircase to the west going to try and draw this hold on let me let me grab a sheet of paper so you guys arrived from the west and you guys were going east you guys arrived to castle ravenloft you guys went behind it to go into the chapel so now you guys are looking west if we think of this as a clock castle ravenloft is at center is the church at 12 o'clock the chapel is part of castle ravenloft okay in terms of the wall what are we looking at here? Is it like connected to the wall or is it? How about this? I'll send you guys a picture of parts of my map that I feel comfortable sending you. Neato. Okay, so I'll send that. The uh, turquoise thing is the chapel. And the layout for the grounds look like this. Scintillating audio content. I know, I was just thinking that. <laughs> We here at Rocks Fall Everyone Dies understand that pictures and maps do not translate well to an audio medium such as podcasts. To better aid you, our dear listener, I will describe for you any pictures and maps sent to us during this one-shot. I will also include all the pictures used in this episode that Tommy sent us on our website, rfedpod.com. If you are lucky enough to have access to a copy of Curse of Strahd, I will provide the map number. The first image sent to us by Tommy is Curse of Strahd Map 2, Walls of Ravenloft. The map shows a square cube in isometric view. The foreground has two courtyards, the smaller courtyard on the left, then a 90-foot wall with a rusted barred portcullis, which we flew over in Part 1, and the larger courtyard on the right, which allows access to the chapel. 
In the midground, from left to right, is the main keep building. Two towers of differing height, and shortest of all, a turquoise roof chapel building with a rotunda. All four of these structures share walls, and are presumably connected within. There also appears to be a gatehouse and rear exit path from the castle to the right of the chapel building, but that never came up in the game. The background is mostly obscured from view by the keep-slash-tower-slash-chapel complex, but presumably it follows a similar layout to the foreground, consisting of two courtyards separated by a wall. The second image from Tommy is Curse of Strahd Map 2, Ravenloft Heights. This map shows the front view of Castle Ravenloft. In the foreground, the main keep is roughly as wide as it is tall. Though a central chimney rises above this, the keep is 140 feet at the top of its two crenellated octagonal towers on either side and crenellated walkway at 90 foot height connecting the two parapets. Judging from the arrow split windows, the keep has three floors, each 40 to 50 feet in height. The front door of the tower is a high arch with a circular glass window above, decorated as a sun peeking over the horizon. In the background, there are two towers, a crenellated flat-top 260-foot tower on the left and a pointed-roof 360-foot tower on the right. The right tower also has a wider, flat, crenellated layer at 190 feet, which is connected to the left tower by a sky bridge. And now, back to the show. Oh, I see this right here, uh, courtyard. For some reason, I thought there was like a ceiling over it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Why would that be a thing? Anyway. <laughs> Take it up with the Minecraft architects. You guys could potentially meet the architect. Is he a dude in a white suit in a room full of TVs? Should we be figuring out the other puzzles? That's fair. <laughs> All right, fine. Dizzying heights. Let's go for the sun sword. Let's go to the tallest tower we can. Wait, I can fly like 300 feet, right? So can I, but that rain is giving me pause. I can watch. <laughs> so, you guys decide to go to the high tower, right? The one with the steeped top on it? The pointy roof, like my hat. <laughs> so we're done with the church? Yeah, I assume you guys are leaving the church outside. Okay. Is that right? Let's burn it down. No, yes! Just light some things on fire, control flames, and burn the church down. Can I help with some flint and steel? Uh, you successfully light all of the broken pews on fire. And they burn, and they burn. And it burns, burns, burns. In a ring of fire, in a ring of fire. The one true prawn approves. And they burn, and then they dissipate. Ah, but arson is so much fun. Okay, so you guys head out the way you came through the stained glass windows, and you are going to go to the high tower, you said? Yeah, I am going to press to digitate myself an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a tiny object. Create a non-magical trinket that can fit in your hand and last until the end of your next turn. So, yeah, a, a, a little umbrella. So, you create a little cocktail umbrella, and it's very cute, and you're having a great time. <sighs> but seriously, you are fine in the rain. I'm not gonna make you melt i just like to imagine that you're like holding the umbrella but only covering yourself while i'm just like soaked on the back of the broom <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> pretty much uh, that's really good so you fly about 300 feet into the air and you arrive at the closed tower there is no entrance in this place 
No windows, no doors, no nothing. The roof, the steeple of this tower, is broken and boarded up. It seems to be made out of wood. Burn it. Burn it down! It's wet, because it's raining. I think there's a crowbar in an explorer's pack. I can press to digitate it dry, and then burn it. Okay, you press to digitate it dry, and within six seconds, it becomes becomes wet again. Wait, but he has an umbrella! Exactly! (laughs) He has a cocktail umbrella! I'm sorry, Juan, you were saying before something about a crowbar? Oh, no, never mind. If we can burn through it, we don't need it. I was going to say Elphaba, but that's not right. Abba Elf? Abba, oh my goodness. Uh, Just call me Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> okay, Margaret. Margaret Hamilton. Hmm. Why don't you make me a spellcasting check? Because it's pouring. It really is pouring. Okay. Guidance? Oh, guidance. <laughs> Thank you. Praise, please. I'll hail the mighty prawn. 19 total. I take out like those little tiny, like crispy prawn chips and I just throw them at you. Yes. Shrimp chips. Oh, I wish I had those. They are delicious. Kind of want some. And so great for audio. I am eating chips. I'm not sorry, listeners. I'm not sorry. What was the result of the roll, by the way? Uh, 19 total. I'm trying to burn a hole in the roof. Yeah, it takes a little while, but this roof is no match for your witchy prowess. Uh, you can't match. <laughs> you burn a hole in it, and you are successfully able to enter into the high tower peak. Well, after you, Hunter boy. <sighs> Please bear with us as we resolve our technical difficulties. Hi, everybody. If we sound different now, it's because we had some technical difficulties and had to completely change the way that we record the podcast. So enjoy that. This is hopefully only temporary, but maybe that's just the way it is. So if I remember correctly, where we left off, or rather where you, listener, left off, was that I had just burned a hole in the roof of the steep, steeple building of the high tower peak. High Tower Peak, right, sure. And then flew through it. So I'm going to be flying through the rafters now. You notice something lurks among the rafters. A small, spindly man, not much larger than a child. A flash of lightning illuminates his face, which is painted like a grinning jack-o'-lantern. He is attempting to hide within the rafters, but since you flew through the rafters, you immediately saw him. A member of the Lollipop Guild, eh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's it. Everyone take a shot. You you say this to him? Sure, why not? It looks at you strangely. It looks at the broom that you're on, and it claps its hands excitedly, and it hops on top of the rafter with both of its legs hanging on either side, straddling it like a broom, mimicking your actions. Hmm. I would like to determine whether this is a threat or not. Roll me an insight check. Can I do one as well since I'm on the broom with him? Oh, you are on the broom. Yeah, sure. Why don't you also roll me an insight check? I cast guidance. <laughs> on which one of us? Who has the higher insight check? You don't know. You're going to have to choose right now. Right now, Desomber, give me your choice. <laughs> Is this like Sophie's choice? Oh, actually, no one dies. You know what? I will give it to um, It's Tristan, right? Yep. All I'm right. going to give it to Tristan over here. Have some guidance from the Sacred Prawn. Bless Praise be. Praise be. All hail. <laughs> All hail. <laughs> so who got what? Tristan got a 17. 13. 
So, Tristan, it's not malevolence, it's eagerness. It's lonesomeness. And whatever this is, is just creepy. Its motivations aren't creepy, it is just physically creepy. Hey there, lonely automaton. Lonely automaton. (laughs) Why don't you roll me a performance check? Uh, no, I think not. (laughs) Actually, my performance isn't that bad. Sure, why the heck not? 18. 18 for performance. You, uh, you I'll have to do it in character voice then. Hey there, lonely automaton. Lonely automaton. (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna die. (laughs) Oh, my throat. Yeah, in fact, it talks like this. Oh, jeez. No, it is wonderfully excited about the performance that you're giving. And in fact, it tries to move its face, even though its mouth does not open. But it is trying to emulate what you're doing to be like you, to feel closer to you. You're not quite sure, but whatever it is, you've got it super excited. It sees flow on the ground and it looks excitedly at all of you, almost jumping out of its boots. It jumps down to the ground, dropping 10 feet, and it joins with Flo. I need homunculus to swoop in and see if it can carry this child. Like fly with child? Yes, fly with child. So it's obvious that what you're looking at is not a small man, but a mockery of one. This thing is not a creature of flesh and bone, but a construct made of dyed leather, stitched and tightly wrapped over an articulated frame. You hear the soft clicking of gears as Homunculus goes to grab the child. It is way too heavy, and Homunculus has to drop it down. It is the imitation of a man and the imitation of a toy, but way bigger than a toy, just under the size of a gnome. Okay, then. If Homunculus cannot carry this child... Nope. Then I guess it just needs to burn. <laughs> no. You say that out loud? <laughs> no. No. <sighs> You know what? It doesn't seem to be actively harming us, and I doubt this is Strahd's enemy, but it is entirely possible. So, I don't know. I don't feel badly about letting it follow us. Anybody else have any objections? I don't know. It's, like, really creepy. I think we... uh, Whoa, why am I going German? (laughs) You started out slightly German, I will say. I will attempt to speak to it. Are you a fan of Strahd? Not a fan of Strahd? See if it like has a reaction to the name Strahd. This creature does not have an expressive face. So whatever facial expressions it would make to give you any insight on what it's thinking. If you do try to make an insight check, it's going to be really, really difficult. Can I attempt to understand it in the same way that I understand horse psychology since that is now established? Um, does it dream of electric sheep? <laughs> Why don't you roll me an insight check? That I can do. Uh, That'll be a 21. It's not a black and white opinion that this creature has of Strahd. It looks at you curious. It's looking a little cautious at you. Not sure what to make out of you. Okay. And that's a lot for a creature with no face. I'm not sure. Why? Oh my God. Why can I not stick with a voice today? (laughs) Uh, He will relay the information. I am not sure if it is with Strahd or against Strahd. So, Sunsword? We are in the dizzying heights, and where 
the stone itself is alive or something. I don't I don't even know. I mean, I'm not like dizzy from this height, but I guess that's what they mean. I look at the creature one more time and just ask, out of curiosity, is any part of you stone? It looks at you really confused and looks down at itself and kind of pats its body, uh, wondering if it is made out of stone. It, it, it isn't quite sure, and it looks at you curiously, expecting you to answer your own question. Oh, yeah, like the stone has to be alive or something. Yeah, the, where the stone itself is alive. Because we're, if we're in a dizzying height, and if this thing counts as a stone, that means a sun sword would be somewhere around here. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it or not. Mm. Go press your ear to the pillar and see if it has a heartbeat. The small little automaton nods its head and walks over to the pillar and doesn't do anything because it doesn't know what an ear is. It's like this thing here. Wait, do birds have ears? <laughs> yeah, they have ear holes. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Anyway, um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, like, I read a lot of books at sure. the monastery. Like, it's just, like, mostly more important things than about ears. It's, like, about... The sacred prawn. Praise be. <laughs> Praise be. Praise be the sacred prawn. Two prawns have ears? Uh, I, I believe they do not. But they do have ten legs. So that's really cool. Anyway. Uh... The construct looks at you and starts to wave its hands and presses its construct otherwise ear against the pillar. A second goes by. <sighs> and another second goes by. And... <laughs> Bass fly out of the top of the steeple of the high tower peak it seems that in the middle of the high tower there's a hole that connects into a tube pipe that is this column in the middle bats fly out of it and disperse into the sky and it looks back at the three of you and starts to clap and dance so there's now like an opening into the pillar all the way on the top uh, how tall uh, how how tall so it would be uh outside on the roof so like I just fly above and can look down? Yeah, sure. You want to do that? Yeah. This creature, whatever it is, looks really sad that the three of you are leaving. I make homunculus dance in front of it. It claps and joins in with dancing. You go onto the roof of the high tower peak. You wait for the bats to disperse. It takes a while, but you can see a five-foot-wide drop into darkness. So I cast... Um, mode of light, and I create this beautiful perfection of a prawn light shape, which I then push down into the cylinder just so I could see a little bit more. Sure. So to everyone at home, mote of light is a homebrew cantrip that I created myself. With this conjuration, you spawn this mote of light that looks like a prawn. It has a 30-foot range. You can send it in the direction. So you send the fiery prawn 30 feet down, and it disperses. Uh, Tristan will pull out one of his torches. Can you just light this for me one second, then I drop it in? Firebolt. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, this is a 10-foot diameter. Excuse me. I had to read the book like an idiot. You drop it into the shaft, and it drops. And it drops. Why don't you make me an intelligence check, Tristan? Oh, okay. Because it is falling. I cast guidance. <laughs> sure, thank you. Thank yeah. you. For that. <laughs> I just throw prawns at him. 
prawns. <laughs> That's how I drop the torch. I don't drop it. I just am getting attacked by prawns. By the way, <laughs> they are fiery prawns. They are made out of fire. No, 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 no. The cleric casting focus that she chose is a bag of shrimp husks from like Chinese cooking. <laughs> yeah, like dried shrimp. Yeah. It's like having a reliquary. It's basically Bonita Flakes. No, it's basically like a bag full of the finger bones of a saint. You got it. But instead, it's just like the dried skin of shrimp, which is a thing. I'm just carrying like a big bag, like even though plastic probably doesn't exist, but just like the equivalent of... Sure. Too bad it's not shrimp bouillon cubes. <laughs> Concentrated shrimp. Perfect for spellcasting. That's how you make your holy water. Your holy water is just shrimp raw. Yeah. But yeah, with guidance and everything, that's a nine. Do you have an intelligence mod? I do not. Okay. It falls really far. It could be anywhere between 100 feet to 600 feet. You're not quite sure. And it's straight down? Straight down. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. You are now looking down the dark, dark, empty shaft that goes into nothingness. Anywhere between, what did I say, 100 feet to 600 feet. You're not quite sure. We're looking for the sun sword here? I assume so. Go to a place of dizzying heights where the stone itself is alive. Would you consider this chasm that we cannot tell the distance of a dizzying height? And the stone being alive since it just emptied out a lot of fat? Poetic license. It's 10-foot-wide hole radius or diameter? Diameter. Do you have another torch? I think so. I have as many as my pack carries. I think I have 10. I will confirm that now. If you have another, I want to light another, and we're just going to float down. I will descend slowly atop my broom while Homunculus entertains the construct child. (laughs) You go down about 400 feet. You're flying down, I assume. Slowly descending. I'm not trying to, like, run into the ground. It takes a really long time to get down there. And you fly, casually, into a vaulted 50-foot-tall mausoleum that is about 100 feet away from you and about 200 feet-ish wide. Rising up, From the ground, going up to the ceiling, gigantic rectangular stone pillars that are about 10 foot wide on each side. There's around 50-ish of them. Maybe 40, maybe 30. It's around that number. So a lot of pillars. A lot of pillars. So we are about 50 feet below ground then, if I'm doing my math correctly. Uh, 
you're more than 50 feet under the ground. Wasn't this tower over 300? Yeah, it was 360 feet tall. So then we would only be 40 underground then. Yes, the math in this map is incorrect. Oh, by the way, Tristan, are you with Abafel? I believe so. Okay. My full title is The Wicked Witch of Wherever. (laughs) Perfect. Nice. (laughs) There's not copyright infringement at all. That book (laughs) is over 100 years old. I mean, that is fair. (laughs) It is in the public domain. Flo, did you go down into the column with your two friends? Because you can fly. Yeah, I, I guess I, like, glide down with them. Yeah, you could probably fall, flap, fall, yeah. flap, yeah, down 400 feet-ish. So, yeah, like, I'm down there, too, in this, okay. like, crusty old mausoleum. As you guys reach to the bottom of the mausoleum, whatever this space is, you hear... Well, how exciting, my little adventurers. It appears that you have made your way into the catacombs. Not a lot of little mice get here before the cat gets them. So, how do you like my keep? I had a lot of fun toys for you all to play with. To be perfectly honest, I didn't really see much of it. Yeah, it was kind of like boring. We didn't really do much. Really? There were no hors d'oeuvres. There were no canapes. There was nothing. No one offered us drinks. No one took our jackets. You're a terrible host. He walks over to Flo. Bowling, huh? What would you think is exciting? No, there was no bowling. I didn't see pins anywhere. Actually, bowling would have been really cool, I guess. Like, it's kind of fun. It, it is a fun activity. Yeah, like, do you have a bowling alley down here? No, I'm afraid I do not know what you're talking about. I don't know why I'm going French. (laughs) (laughs) Strad. Strad von Zervich. No, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, this uh, bowling alley. Uh, He looks to you, Abafel. And you, witch. You come here looking for magic, boons, arcana? Why are you here? Hmm? My reasons are my own. I've come for ruby slippers now. <laughs> <laughs> Magical items, perhaps. Or perhaps you have something you can offer me. Do you? I believe I can. Power. I'm listening. You hunger for power to wield over those who would cower in your presence. Is that not right? Are you guys like flirting? Listen, you're turning me on, big boy. I'd love to hear more. Kristen starts awkwardly hopping away from the broom. Like, get a room. Listen, you're speaking my language, vampy boy. Strahd walks in between Flo and Abifel and looks directly into Abifel's eyes. Now tell me, Abifel, what is it you... Abifel. <laughs> what is it you desire most? His teeth glistening in the light. All right, fine, I'll take his boon. <laughs> wow. Why don't you roll me 1d8? Uh, one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Congratulations. One melee item in your possession deals an extra 2d6 radiant damage. Ooh, fancy. All right. So let me check my equipment. My only melee item is a dagger. So let's Perfect. go ahead and customize that dagger. Woohoo. 2d6 radiant damage. He will walk up to you and 
bite you. Sweet. And that is how he gives you the power. Sweet. Let's see how much damage he does. Eight points of piercing damage plus eight points of necrotic damage. And your hit point maximum is reduced by eight points. My hit point maximum. Is that permanent? Until you finish a long rest. Okay. 16 total, huh? To both Tristan and Flo, you watch this strange flirtation happen, and you're like, oh, it looks like the two are getting along. And then you see Strad von Zedovich bear his fangs, grab Abifel tightly, not letting her go, lifts her up in the air like a Mortal Kombat character, and sinks his fangs into her throat. He pulls out, dropping her to the ground, and in some sort of bliss, pushes blood that is spilling out of his mouth back into his orifice. Ew, gross. Oh, I needed that. Well, it was good for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Strahd will pull out the clock once again, and he will turn it once more, because an hour has gone by, and now the clock is continuing to tick. I truly wish the best for all of you. And who knows, you might want another sporting chance. (laughs) He disappears. He's gone. Bye-bye. Well, it was great in the moment, but I don't feel so hot right now. Um, like, do you need some healing? I could use a little bit. All right, let me see what I got. Tristan's on the side, just like, my parents would be so disappointed in me right now. (laughs) Okay, let's see what I can do for you. Um... Wait, how many points of damage do you have? I'm sorry. You should have eight points off him. Oh, no, no. I also took damage from the gargoyle earlier. Oh, that's right. Oh, um, I forgot about that. So I can cast what Cure Wounds would work? I am down, with my new max HP, I am down one-third of my health. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Not down to one-third, but I am down by one-third. That's still an oof. <laughs> Especially since you guys haven't really interacted with any monsters. All right, so I've got Cure Wounds, Healing Word, Prayer of Healing. Cure Wounds is probably the strongest one there, but Prayer of Healing would take 10 minutes and we can just sort of sit it out. Yeah, and plus Prayer of Healing would be to heal all of us, not just one person. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds good because I took some damage too. So like, let's just do this Prayer of Healing. I go into tree position and I start to pray to the great prawn. Praise be. To, Praise be. <laughs> to bless us with a Prayer of Healing. So how do you feel? We're going to rest a little bit for 10 minutes of yoga. Just focusing on your breathing and and really just taking in the universe, you know? While that's happening, because Tristan isn't missing any hit points, Mm -hmm. I guess he'll just check out the stairway going up to confirm that it just goes back to where we were. So you're not going to take the prayer healing? I'm at full hit points. I don't need it. You start to go up these stairs, and you get about 30 or so feet up when you encounter a mass of stone that seems to have fallen. Like, a lot of stone. So it's, like, caved in? It's, like, caved in. Gotcha. All right, so what what's that healing looking like? All right, I rolled a 14. Okay, so that brings me back to my new maximum health. 14 is one-third of your new maximum health? 13 is one-third of my new maximum health. <laughs> my HP is 39. At level 8? 
Well, you just took away a bunch of my HP, so... And he's a sorcerer. They only get a D6. Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay, cool. Tristan laughs in his 70-something hit points. Oh my god. I'm going to begin the timer once again. What would you guys like to do? You guys can wander the crypts. You guys can go uh, back up and try to find the Sun Sword. What do you want to do? Wait, back up and find the Sun Sword? You mean this is the wrong place? I think you just gave us too much information there. It said dizzying heights. Uh... Yeah, we're now underground. We're in the tombs. I think this is probably for he haunts the tomb of the man he envied above all. Uh-huh. But that's where we would find Strahd, not the other stuff. Yeah. I guess I kind of want the Sun Sword, but at the same time, I kind of want to deal with the Tome of Strahd, which means we probably have to go into the main building. I, I kind of would like to deal with the Sun Sword. Okay, Sun Sword rather than Tome? We can hit Sun Sword first and then go to Tome. December, you have Locate Object, right? This is Table Talk at this point. Uh, yes, I have Locate Object. Since you have Locate Object, we are now 400 or however many feet below the ground. A thousand feet, but it gets canceled out by like a bunch of stone or something. Or yeah, like, it does. Yeah. So I feel like if we go back up, then we actually have a better chance of finding stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to cast it at the top of the tower? Yeah, like we'd want to definitely be at the top. All right, let's fly back up. Ugh, get my broom riding thighs ready. Kristen mm. is so much less comfortable on this broom now. As I'm bleeding from my neck, fang marks on my throat, and it looks red and inflamed. It looks sorry, it looks very green and inflamed. Is it just me or did he leave a hickey? <laughs> <laughs> he left more than a hickey, baby. I don't. I hate this. Um, <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you go all the way back up, four hundred feet back up, three hundred ninety feet, whatever, back up, and you find that the construct is sitting in a corner with its head down. Homunculus is kind of upset and like rolling its eyes. Whatever happened, there was a bit of a falling out while you were gone. Well, the monkey can communicate with me telepathically, I believe. The monkey says, Man, that creature is so weird, man. It's not even a person. I hate it. I hate it here. I hate this place. I want to go home. Screw this place, man. And that's what it sounds like. Canon. I mean, (laughs) consider for a moment that you are also a mockery of life. I built you out of monkey parts and bird wings. It starts to cry. Get over it, monkey. It might be my years as a horse psychologist, but I think there's something wrong. (laughs) Uh, Basically, I just want to know what happened here. Your homunculus got freaked out when it started doing creepy stuff because it looks creepy as hell. Uh, And it doesn't like being left alone because it's like a child. And it has separation anxiety. Wait, the monkey is like a child? Yeah, it has a challenge rating of what? Zero? It's scared because you left it in Strahd's mansion by itself. Oh, come on. I send it out on missions all the time. Yes. It knows I don't care whether it lives or dies. Yes, you're completely correct in all of this. (laughs) And because of that, it had a minor anxiety attack. (sighs) Monkey lie are people too. Wait, no, that's not right. I desire this creepy doll. (laughs) So I offered some candy and say, how would you like to come with me, little boy? Do you actually offer it candy and ask that? I'm actually more tempted to tell it to, hey, would you mind going inside my oven and seeing if you can fix this thing? It, it looks around looking for an oven. 
Very good, Hansel. <laughs> it just looks confused and it starts clapping because it thinks that you're doing a bit. Yes. Yes. Keep clapping, you fool. All right. I want this child with me at all times. Desombra, please, if you will. So I cast Locate Object. I'm going to locate a sword. A sword. Okay. Let me just read it again one more time because it goes through a direct path between you and the object. Okay. Nothing currently. However, now you have concentration up to 10 minutes with this spell. Ah. Want to make a circuit around the buildings? We should definitely, yeah. Okay. You fly out of the high tower peak and you fly around. I want you to roll me an investigation check. Can I give her the moral help action? You cannot. I am coordinating a grid pattern from flight to allow advantage. No, because it's a spell. So no, I'm not going to allow advantage on that. I'm sorry. Plus uh, one. And I got a 15. A 15 is what you needed. You reach the North Tower Peak, which is the shorter of the two. And as you are flying... For a split second, it is very quick. You register some sort of response. And it's in the North Tower Peak. But it only happened for a split second, and then it's gone. I'll retrace my steps. Okay, you retrace your steps. Why don't you roll me a perception check? It's not a very high DC. I want to see if you crit fail. Whoa! (laughs) I definitely don't crit fail, all right? I got a 20. That's a natural 20, so it's a 25. So... You look around, and then it registers. The reason why you had a split second of a connection with your spell is because there is an open trap door on the ceiling of the North Tower Peak that has a direct line of sight at, like, a weird angle. So when you flew by, that's when it registered. You're like, oh, okay, that's it. It's in the North Tower Peak. You want to go down? Dive, dive, dive. Well, I would like to tell them where it is first. Oh, thank God. I was about to play patty cake with the construct. (laughs) I'm going to fly over to where they are, and then I'm going to go ahead and show them what I found. Okay, cool. You fly back over to the high tower peak. You point over to the north tower, and you say, that's where it is. By the way, I have constructed a baby Bjorn out of something. (laughs) I don't care what. And this evil doll (laughs) is now baby Bjorn to my chest. Listen, you do you, you you. like, if this is your vibe, like, go with it, but, like, we need to get this sword or whatever. Come on, let's go. It's really heavy. It's made out of metal. You said it's made out of leather. Put the creepy baby down. Its skin is leather, but inside it is metal. It has gears. It ticks. It is a Uh, automaton. I've said that multiple times. Just leave the creepy baby. In terms of pounds, like, what are we talking here? Are you going to bring the baby instead of Tristan? I'm thinking about it. Oh, God, I can make yeah. trips. <laughs> make trips. You don't have time for this. Um, uh, I don't know. It's made out of metal. It'd probably be at around... At this point, Tristan just like, thank God my family's dead. Listen, I got the name of a really good therapist that you can talk to later. <laughs> also, if you have any horses that need a therapist, feel free to recommend me. It'd probably be like 120-ish pounds because it's short. I think we'd still be under the 400-pound weight limit. Um, <laughs> Why do we need the creepy baby? I'm trying to do math in my head. I'm not sure if he would be. Tristan has a 20 strength, 18 dex, and 14 con. He's muscly. All right, fine. So here's what I'm going to do. Just me and the creepy doll baby. <laughs> I'm going to rise up. I'm going to point to the North Tower. And I'm just going to say to the small child, Meet me there, boy. 
Find your way over there and meet me there. How far is that tower from the tower we're on right now? Doesn't matter. I'm telling the boy to meet me there, and then we're going to fly over. Oh, God. You're taking too long. If it's close enough, Tristan's just going to try to jump it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you drop about 150 feet, you can get to a bridge that connects the two towers. Oh, 150 (laughs) feet is... Too far. Perfect. I tell the kid to walk across that bridge and meet me on the other side. It nods at you, and it starts to get ready. All right. Let's go. North Tower, baby. Let's do this. I'm pumped. What do the rest of you decide to do? Yeah, let's go to that tower. Tristan just sighs, reserved in his role in life right now, as he climbs onto the back of the broom. Hop on, Humie. So the rest of you look behind as this creature takes its hands and warms them up together and steps out into the rain, crashing down around it. And it looks down 150 feet and goes, (sighs) and it jumps. (laughs) It jumps. It's going to fall 150 feet. Uh, If only I had taken Featherfall. Too bad. Watch it break the bridge. (laughs) Yeah, that's a far fall. It's 15d6. Should I even bother? You could always roll 15 luns. It has 10 health. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> oh, you no. killed it. You can always heal it. It's a construct. Yeah. I, I can't. can't. Yeah, it's still a creature. Technically, even constructs can take healing. No, but yes. a lot of my healing spells don't allow me to heal constructs. You would have to cast Mending on it. But even if so, the fall damage oversees its HP maximum, and it is obliterated into a whole bunch of different parts. <sighs> And Tristan's just like, I could have made that jump. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Fly. Pause. Give me two seconds. I'll be right back. I like that the DM left, but the timer's still going. Wait, no! No! (laughs) (laughs) I say we get two more minutes out of this. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, Summer of Strahd. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review in your podcast app. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise. Additional sound effects are courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work at John Bliss Art. Summer of Strahd is produced and edited by me. DeSombra and Juan are our social media team, and you can find all of our social media handles and full show notes in one convenient place at rfedpod.com. Tristan is just going to sit on the back of the broom thinking about the last successful horse therapy session he had. I like how now you're officially a horse therapist. I'm a horse therapist. How did you get roped into this? (laughs) Because Tommy said, like, I know horse psychology like three times. You're a ranger, man. All the rangers that went to ranger school know horse psychology. I'm just saying. It's true.